You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Chris Robinson Travel Show. Heard Saturday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Chris Robinson Travel Show is brought to you by the State of Missouri. From exotic locales a continent away to weekend stays down the highway. Pack a suitcase and your vacation imagination. It's time for the Chris Robinson Travel Show on Zoomer Radio. Hi, this is Chris Robinson and welcome to The Travel Show. And this week we're going to show you the show me state of Missouri. We'll discover the music and the incredible variety of shows in Branson, a perennial favourite with more theatre seats than Broadway. It boasts a storied history of great family entertainment provided by families such as the Lennon family, the Osmond family and so many more. And we will also explore more music with the blues in St. Louis and jazz in Kansas City. Missouri is also a great outdoors destination with state parks, forests, lakes and mountains. And we're going to find out some more about those things as well as some amazing new outdoor attractions including actually the largest fish and wildlife attraction anywhere in the world. And I'm excited to introduce our guests to you on the show this week too, as not only can they introduce us to the tourist attractions of Missouri, but they're also leading lights in the Branson entertainment world. So first of all, welcome to the show again, Dan Lennon, Director of Tourism for the State of Missouri, and also a member of the Singing Lennon family. Welcome back to The Travel Show, Dan. Thanks, Chris. It's great to hear your voice again. I always love uh, speaking to you and your listeners about uh, about my beautiful state. Well, it's lovely to have you back on the show again. And you've been part of the entertainment world all your life, haven't you? Actually, I have. I grew up in a musical family that we'll talk probably a little bit more about later. But I've been, a, in addition to tourism marketing and other things, I've been a, a studio singer and in groups. And uh, for about 10 years in Branson, I was co-producer and vocalist with my brothers at the Lennon Brothers Swing Music Show at the Lawrence Welk Resort in Branson. Did over 2,000 shows. But your listeners probably know the Lawrence Welk Show from television years ago and my sisters, mm-hmm. the Lennon sisters. And now they've been performing over 50 years, uh, 22 years of those in Branson. Wow. And I think a little later we'll talk about what they're doing in Branson these days. Fantastic. Look forward to that. And these, mm-hmm. these links to the Branson music scene really do go deep. And every time we have you on the show, of course, you bring us some other wonderful guests as well. So who have you actually persuaded to join us today? Well, actually, it wasn't hard to persuade him. My really good friend, <laughs> Steve Presley, is on the broadcast today, and his family founded the first live music theater in Branson on the Strip in 1967, and now there are four generations of Presleys, at least, who are performing in Branson uh, at the current time. Fantastic. Welcome to the Travel Show, Steve. Thanks, Chris. It's very nice to be here with you and Dan. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. And I think the first thing I have to say to you is congratulations. It's 50 years since your family built that first theatre in Branson. You must be throwing a big party this time around. It is. Uh, we celebrated actually on June 30th was the actual date of the opening of our show. We opened June 30th in 1967, and this past June 30th we had a big event uh, to celebrate the actual date, but we're celebrating all year long, 50 years of live entertainment on Highway 76 in Branson. Wow, and your father Lloyd Presley started playing music when he was just, what, 10 years old, I think, because his brother Don swapped a hound dog for a guitar. I think there must be a story behind that. (laughs) 
He did. My dad, uh, Lloyd, uh, was 10 years old, and his older brother had a hound dog and decided he wanted to get the guitar. Didn't really take to it, and so he just tucked it away, and my dad picked it up. And that's how the musical career of the Presley family started. So we're uh, it's a long way back. Uh, that would have been back in 1934, believe that or not. So a long way back for that. But uh, our, our family really started in the entertainment business. Dad performed for many years uh, during the 30s and 40s uh, around the Ozarks here, around southwest Missouri, during radio shows and uh, just different festival events. We used to laugh. He, his joke was if there was a car wreck, and there was a crowd at the car wreck, you would stop and play. <laughs> anything to get a crowd. Love it. <laughs> so he, he did these shows through there, and then uh, from that, uh, started playing in the early 60s. And this is kind of a unique story for entertainment business in our family. Started performing in caves in the Ozarks here. Uh, one was in Springfield, uh, still an operating cave called Fantastic Caverns, which is a great attraction. I'll give them a, a little plug there for anybody traveling to southwest Missouri. Fantastic Caverns is a great experience. But uh, the other one was down uh, near Branson, and it was a private cave. And the reason they played in caves was that uh, in the early 60s, there was not a lot of air conditioning uh, in, the, in the Ozarks, and so the caves were a cool 60 degrees. People would go to the lake during the daytime, and at night they didn't have any entertainment, so they would come set in the cave in a nice, cool setting and listen to our family play music. Wow. Now, have you, have you gone back to a cave and, and done that just, just to recreate the, uh, the original? Interesting thing that you would ask that. We did that in, uh, I guess it was three years ago. Right. We went back to Fantastic Caverns, and we did a show. Uh, we taped it for television purposes, but we went back in and played our full show in the cave as a fundraiser for a charity. <laughs> it was a really, really cool experience. Mm-hmm. I, I will say when we when the family was playing in the shows, uh, the shows in the cave, I did not play in the show at that point. Uh, I was too young to do that. So for me, uh, I ran around the cave uh, as a young boy while they were playing music. So for me to go back in and play a show in that cave was very, very exciting, honestly very emotional. But it was a real, real fun experience for us. Oh, fantastic. Well, comedy has also been an intrinsic part of the show, as, as well as bluegrass and country and gospel music. And your brother Gary created this uh, comedy hillbilly ca- character called Herkima. Um, and there's a great story, I believe, about how Herkimer got his name. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Uh, in, while they were playing in the caves, they, uh, the gentleman that actually produced the show, his name was Lloyd Evans, and uh, they, were, they would tape shows for radio broadcasts, and uh, they needed some comedy. So my brother Gary, at the age of 15 years old, um, he put on a pair of overalls that were my one grandfather's that were way too big for him, and he had a pair of glasses from my other grandfather, and he created this her- this character called Herkimer. Well, the name came from, um, the best we can tell, uh, is Lloyd Evans knew that Loretta Lynn, the entertainer, had a bull named Herkimer. And just pulling names out of the air, I think uh, the, the sense is that he got the name Herkimer and gave that to Gary on stage one night. And so Gary has been performing Herkimer since 1963 ever since. (laughs) So that's how it happened. Well, you're going to tell us, bring us up to date and tell us about the Presley Country Jubilee Theatre and and the show that people can experience today, which I know includes some fourth-generation Presleys. 
It does. Uh, you know, we've got uh, the family right now, and back to my dad, Lloyd. He he played on the show up until uh, he was 85 years old. He passed away in 2010, but at uh, at 85 years old, he retired from the show in 2009, and uh, played the show up to that point. So uh, we had four generations of our family on the stage many nights. Uh, during those shows, and we would have four generations of the families attending the show, so people coming for all these years to watch and bringing their kids and grandkids. But today, the show uh, just really, it incorporates, uh, we have three generations of the family on the show now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dad was a fourth, and, and so we have three generations, but it goes all the way to all family members playing all kinds of instruments. Uh, it's a lot of comedy. It's a real mix of entertainment, pure Ozark style, but uh, we we like to put a little uh, what we call a little classy spin on it. It's not it's not exactly everything in overalls. We have some very <laughs> bright colored costumes uh, sequins, and we have laser lighting in the show, and and the show includes uh, many family members. We have ten family members in the show uh, at, at this point, and so it it really is a a family production. But we also have other great entertainers that perform with us, and we do a variety of music and comedy. It's really America's music. It's based around country music, but we do a, a lot of pop songs and just popular songs that people would recognize. And you're there just about year-round. We're there. Uh, we do an average of 225 shows a year. Wow. Uh, we, we, uh, we start in early March, and we go through mid-December, have a Christmas show uh, that plays during November and December. And it's just, uh, we've been very fortunate. Going back to building the theater on Highway 76, which was, uh, it was really an interesting start. The family was playing in the caves, and what happened was we began to see an opportunity of Branson starting to develop uh, with the building of Table Rock Lake and Silver Dollar City and Shepherd Hills, which are attractions that were in Branson, but not nighttime attractions. So our family bought a little 11-acre track of land on Highway 76. No one was around. There was a barren road. I was 10 years old uh, when we built a theater out there. And we built a building for the music theater, but we put a flat floor in it just as a backup and had big double doors in the back. And the backup plan was if it didn't work for a theater, we were going to store boats in it for people <laughs> uh, that were on their way to the lake that didn't want to haul those back and forth. That's a flexible <laughs> business plan. <laughs> it was. You have plan B. You've got to have those. Fortunately, uh, we never had to store any of those boats uh, in, in the theater there. So it was... Uh, it really worked from day one. Steve, congratulations again on your 50th anniversary in Branson and, and stick with us for the next part of the show. Um, I, I do, want, do that. I want to tell listeners, too, to go to your website. Uh, it's uh, presleys.com. It's very easy. It tells all the story about uh, the family and there's a great book there as well. Uh, and if you want to find out more about Missouri, the website to go to is visitmo.com. And, of course, you can also go to the Travel Show website. We're going to take a quick break now. When we come back, we're going to find out more about the Lennon family, another great Branson story, and ask Steve and Dan about what's not to miss in Branson. You're listening to The Chris Robinson Travel Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Chris Robinson Travel Show. Heard Saturday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Chris Robinson Travel Show is brought to you by the State of Missouri. What the world needs now is more of the Chris Robinson Travel Show on Zoomer Radio. Hi, and welcome back to the Chris Robinson Travel Show. And this week, we're exploring the many faces of Missouri. 
If you go on a tour of Missouri, you're almost certain to stop off in Branson to see a show. Branson is one of the most popular destinations in the state and has been called the entertainment capital of the Midwest. Incredibly, there are over 40 magnificent live performance theatres and more than 100 shows going on there at any one time. And these are the kind of shows that you really could take your grandma to see, as they say, it's good, clean family entertainment. Entertainment that is often created by families themselves with strong ties to Branson. And to help us explore Missouri, we're joined by Dan Lennon, Director of Tourism for the State of Missouri. And we're also joined by Steve Presley of the Presley Family, one of the founding families of the Branson music scene. Now, Dan, you, you are, of course, the Director of Tourism for the state, but you're also part of one of those wonderfully talented Branson families that we're talking about. So tell us a little bit more about your family heritage. Sure, Chris. So, yes, I am the director of tourism for the state of Missouri, but I actually grew up in Southern California. I'm really a beach bum at heart, <laughs> uh, but I also grew up in a musical family. Uh, as I mentioned before, many of your listeners may recall the Lawrence Welk Show and the Lennon Sisters. Those are my four older sisters, and we grew up singing, and not only were they on television, and we were, my brothers and I, occasionally, a family of 11. I was also a studio singer and other things along those lines, but uh, back in 1992, when Lawrence Welk passed away, his family decided to look for a place where they could continue to uh, perform and that sort of traditional American music, and Larry Welk Jr. found a place called Branson, Missouri, and decided to build the Welk Champagne Theater and Resort there. Uh, so uh, about 30 of us moved out from Southern California in 1994, which is when we met the, the Presleys, among other families there, and we performed at the Welk Resort Theater there. My brothers and I had a morning show for about 10 years. My sisters and their kids uh, performed in the live Lawrence Welk show in the Champagne Theater, and many of our nieces and nephews intermarried with the natives in the Ozarks, and so there's a lot of linens running around in the uh, in the Ozarks now, uh, and it's uh, really been a great move for our family. And I guess you must have known Steve's family really well. You go back a, a long, long way. Uh, into the 90s. Steve, do you remember when we first ran into each other? I, I don't the exact date, but I'm, I'm sure it was <laughs> where we were involved in probably playing uh, a joint show together. Branson uh, is famous for getting different acts together and playing special events. And if I recall, it was backstage at the Welk Theater, mm -hmm. and we were doing some type of performance uh, to represent Branson. And mm -hmm. that's, that's the first I remember. And then lots of involvement uh, between uh, the two of us in the marketing of Branson. Mm -hmm. Steve Steve uh, has served on many committees uh, at, the, at the Branson uh, uh, Chamber and has worked very diligently to promote uh, the theater and uh, the industry. And also uh, his involvement in the community is his wife, Ray Ann Presley, was the mayor of Branson for about eight years, I think. Uh, and so they are very involved in the community. And I, I must say to Steve, and I've said it to him personally, that they were, among, they were the very first families here in Branson. So many families came later in the 90s and, and later in... Um, they, their family welcomed us so graciously, and I just always want to thank his family from all the families that came to Branson, uh, how they let us come into their world and made us feel part of the community. That's lovely. And that's so much of the spirit of Branson, isn't it? Yes, it is. It really is. Uh, we also uh, got a little bit closer, too, back, uh, oh, I don't know, about seven, eight years ago. Uh, there was a documentary that was made by some uh, Missouri filmmakers, David Wilson and A.J. Schnack, called We Always Lie to Strangers. And it was a, it's a documentary they did over about five years about four musical families in Branson, the Presleys, the Lennons, uh, a, single, uh, a, single, a single dad and a couple who are also in entertainment, and the, kind of the 
I've the behind-the-scenes look at life living in Branson and the Ozarks. And a uh, very interesting documentary. And in that story, we kind of all got to understand each other's lives better. So we're we're kind of tied together by history and also some, some art that was based on those relationships. And you grew up together in this, this musical hothouse that is uh, Branson. I mean, it must have been amazing for both of you. Yeah, Steve, you could probably address that. The growth of yeah, it, and uh, what it was like. You know, very interesting for me uh, when I started the show 10 years old in 1967. And so I did, as we talked earlier, I did just complete uh, 50 years of playing drums on Highway 76, which is uh, a that's still hard for me to believe that I've been doing that. And kind of jokingly, I've never had a real job. So it's really fun to be able to do that. But, but growing up in the Branson entertainment industry, the, the really great thing and cool thing for me personally is it was always ever-changing and still is today. But thinking back to the early 90s when the different uh, name entertainers came to Branson, one of the things that was really unique for us, it was something we hadn't experienced before, uh, honestly, we had two choices. We could kind of throw our arms up and board up the place and say, you guys go away. We don't want you here. Or we had the option of saying, welcome, come to Branson. Let's make this place bigger. Uh, Relate it to a national chain such as Walmart coming into a small town and going to open a store and the little mom and pop operations uh, don't know what what's going to happen. We chose the latter of welcoming everyone in, Dan and his family and Johnny Cash, um, Willie Nelson, many, many entertainers coming into Branson. And once that happened, we developed great friendships. But through that, Branson mm-hmm. grew to be a very, very known national destination that we had not been before. And the Branson strip of today grew from all of that, didn't it? Well, Steve, yes, it did. Steve, yeah. as he mentioned, his family was the first ones to build a theater, and it was way out in the woods, as they say. Everybody, the old timers will say, that's where we used to go squirrel hunting. Uh, <laughs> and you know, and since that time, of course, became the Branson Strip, Highway 76, that runs yeah. all the way from downtown, all the way out to uh, uh, to Shoji Tabuchi's Theater, and eventually uh, uh, Shepherd of the Hills. And so, while it, the town has has really uh, grown. The, the center of the entertainment scene is Bran- in Branson is still the, the so-called strip on Highway 76, and right in the middle of that is the Presley Theater. Wow, and so many storied venues now in, in Branson. Oh, yeah. I mean, right, right now, of course, some of the pe- people that Steve already mentioned, but, the, of course, the Welk Champagne Theater is in Branson, Shoji Tabuchi, uh, the great uh, violinist and musician is there, still Mickey Gilly, uh, and any number of other ones. Steve, I haven't, it's been a little while since I've been down there lately. You might want to chat about some of the other theaters. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Osmond uh, purchased the Andy Williams Theater when Andy passed away, and Jimmy Osmond purchased that, and so uh, he is now, his family is performing there along at Christmas time with the Lennon Sisters, which is a really cool show to see, mm-hmm. uh, but along with that, he brings in lots of other name entertainers to play throughout the year. Uh, there's the Mansion Theater in Branson that does a similar thing. They book in name acts, not only country. Um, in fact, they've got coming in in a couple of weeks, the Grand Funk Railroad is coming into play, uh, and I think August 11th or somewhere around through that. But they have uh, just Johnny Mathis, all kinds of different entertainment that they bring in. And we still have the real staple of entertainment and what has been the draw all the way through all of these years is Silver Dollar City, the theme park, which is – the it is one of the top theme parks in the country and has won many national and world awards. So that's that's the core uh, that drives the visitation in many ways to Branson is Silver Dollar City and their properties. And for visitors, there are shows morning, afternoon, and night. 
that's true. That's one thing that sometimes surprises people who haven't been to Branson before is that not only, of course, we have our great uh, afternoon shows and, and, and evening shows. You can make a whole day of it, but there are breakfast shows all over town, some of them starting as early as 8 o'clock in the morning. You can have a nice breakfast, and you can be entertained. And I guess the things we would say, you, you can rest when you go home. Uh, <laughs> when you come to Branson, there's plenty of things to do. One more thing I just would like to say mm. about Silverdar City. It, it's over 2 million visitors a year. And again, to back up what Steve said, one of the great parks of the world, a great family, another family business that has developed that over the decades. And there's always a new experience uh, from entertainment to, to uh, as a theme park, but also music and food and international culture. There's so much out there. It's it's absolutely a, a, a crucial part and a big part of the Branson experience. Mm. Uh, how about getting tickets for, for all of these uh, these great events? Uh, uh, well, it's easy to do. Uh, all the theaters have tickets available on all their websites these days. So you, you can go by their box office, or you can call their 800 number, and in many of the hotels in Branson, you can buy tickets right there in the lobby. So very easy to do, and uh, all the theaters would love to see you. Fantastic. Well, Steve, I know that uh, you've got to leave us now, but I want to thank you so much for, for sharing your unique uh, family story with us. Thank you so much, Chris. It's uh, a pleasure to tell our family story and, and enjoyed our time together. And I, look forward to maybe sometime in the future doing it again. So thank you. And I hope to, to see you in Branson one of these days, too. We're going to take a, a very quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue to talk with Dan about getting outdoors in the show me state of Missouri. And to find out more about Missouri and to start planning your trip, do remember that website, visitmo.com. Great website packed with lots of information. This is Chris Robinson, and you're listening to The Chris Robinson Travel Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Chris Robinson Travel Show. Heard Saturday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Chris Robinson Travel Show is brought to you by the State of Missouri. Exciting destinations. Compelling conversation. You're listening to The Chris Robinson Travel Show on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back to the Chris Robinson Travel Show. This week, we're exploring the show-me state of Missouri. Now, this is a very diverse state with so much to do and see both indoors and out. And if you like to fish, hunt, hike, cycle, kayak, canoe, raft, zip line above ground, or explore the show caves down below ground, well, this is the place to be. Missouri boasts hundreds of conservation and natural areas, a total of 89 state parks and historic sites, the vast Mark Twain National Forest, the Ozark National Scenic Riverways, as well as the 400-kilometre-long Katy Trail, America's longest rail-to-trail conversion. So I'm thrilled to be joined by uh, Dan Lennon on the show, who, amongst his many other talents, and he does have many other talents, is the Director of Tourism for the State of Missouri. Dan, what many people may not realize is that there are so many outdoor adventures accessible from Branson to start with. That's right, uh, Chris, and, and you mentioned some of the things about the whole state. The whole state is beautiful, but within Branson, which started out as just a small town in the rolling Ozarks, these are these are older, one of the oldest mountain ranges in the United States of America. They're soft, and they're kind of rounded, very wooded, lots of water. It's a beautiful thing, and a nice thing about Branson is within five or six minutes, you can be standing in practically wilderness. So you have these bright lights on the strip, but then you can hike, bike, camp, canoe, kayak. There's horseback riding. There's trout fishing. Fishing in Lake Tanicomo and bass fishing in Table Rock Lake, hunting. Uh, there's caves. There's rock climbing. It's just remarkable. Mm-hmm. A lot of great parks and rest and forests and rec facilities everywhere. We have our three lakes, and uh, it's just a, a remarkable experience. And 
and another way of experiencing that besides from pure outdoor recreation standpoint is uh, flying among the treetops among the zipline experiences there yes. are several of those six or seven of those now uh, that either there's fast paced thrill rides and then there's kind of half day themed ones that are more careful and kind of uh, educate you about the Ozarks um, forest and then there's actually a new one called the Bigfoot Adventure that just opened a couple months uh, a couple months ago which will take you from the strip in their own truck almost along the lines of a Jurassic Park experience but take you out into the woods uh, several hundred acres not too far away and you can look you can look for Bigfoot Oh. Uh, which there are many rumors that there are some in the Ozarks Hills. I, so that's I believe. I, I believe, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a great experience. Yeah, I, I believed after I did it. Yeah. <laughs> now, I've also been reading about uh, an exciting new golf course that's opening, uh, Big Cedar Lodge in, in Ridgedale. Yeah, well, Big Cedar has been there for, again, some time, but it has become more and more and more of a, a mecca for golf courses. Johnny Morris, the founder of Bass Pro Shops, with, which many of your listeners may know is, pro, is the number one outdoor uh, retailer and conservationist uh, uh, organization in the U.S., and it's headquartered right here in Springfield, just north of Branson, uh, has been developing Top of the Rock Golf Course, has been working with the Payne Stewart family uh, uh, in, uh, in Branson to create Payne's Valley in honor of the late Payne. Stewart. Uh, but most recently, Tiger Woods has announced the development of a course uh, in conjunction with Johnny Morris just south of town, which will be new and be coming very soon. Uh, and in addition to that, uh, Gary Player, of course, South African that everybody yep. would know, has, is working with Johnny Morris on a, a little bit shorter course that's designed for family golf. So there's so much going on just south of Branson in terms of golf, and not only for the, the professional uh, men, but also for family families who are trying to do that kind of experience together. So it's a very, very interesting experience. And lots of other outdoor attractions too at the, at the top of the rock and Dogwood Canyon. Yes, Top of the Rock is part of the sort of Johnny Morris development down there. There's a, a cave tour, the Lost Canyon Cave and Nature Trail, and you get on the golf cart and it'll take you through all the caves underneath basically the Top of the Rock uh, golf course and out there. And uh, there's even a, a place where you can stop inside the cave and have a drink at the Bat Bar, they call it. <laughs> it's really a lot of fun. Yeah, that's amazing. It's remarkable. It's just remarkable experience. You're just stunned by the water, the caves, the elevation changes. Really a great thing. Also on that same property is, is the ancient Ozarks Natural History Museum. And it's just an amazing – it's a huge collection of American Indian artifacts, but also some of the attractions are uh, carbon-dated uh, skeletons of a woolly mammoth, a saber-toothed cat, a giant ground sloth, and prehistoric cave bears, some of which I'd never even heard of or seen before. And they're very beautifully and uh, vitally uh, displayed there, so you can enjoy that. Really, really, really nice. And there's more at Dogwood Canyon. Now, Dogwood Canyon is another sort of maybe half an hour south of uh, Branson. It kind of straddles the uh, the Missouri-Arkansas border, and it's a 10,000-acre nature preserve that Johnny Morris has uh, developed down there. And it'll give you – so what's going to happen at the Dogwood Canyon? Well, there's – first of all, like I mentioned, 10,000 acres. It's, I always think of it as kind of like what nature would look like if uh, there were a few hundred gardeners taking care of it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's 
accessible and yet at the same time wild. There's several miles worth of paved trails. They meander through the park. You can walk or you can bike. There are beautiful streams that are teeming with trout, or you can ride a Segway. Uh, all those things are available to really get you out. And it's really, I think Johnny Morris is saying, you know, maybe some of this wilderness isn't accessible to some people or not the real uh, uh, tough outdoor recreational type. But here's a way we can open it up to other folks, and they okay, can really yeah. enjoy that kind of beauty. Yeah. They have uh, trail rides on horseback. Um, there's horse-drawn carriage rides. There's an open-air tram tour that takes you through the park. Uh, it's a couple hours long. And what's really neat out there, and it's shocking when you first see it, even though you know it's coming, is there's herds of American bison uh-huh. and elk and longhorn cattle. You will see them out sort of among the meadows and the fields out above the canyon. Uh, you can also fish for rainbow trout. It's a very popular activity there. Um, you will definitely – it's stocked, so you'll definitely go home with a fish story, a true st- <laughs> story. And uh, there's a two-day fly fishing school there. We have experts there that can talk to and teach you about fly fishing. Um, they have Jeep tours. Uh, they have – you can reserve a tour well in advance, and you'll be able to do that. Beautiful water views, perfect backdrop for getting married. Uh, there's a Hope Wilderness Chapel there that was designed to replicate churches from the 1800s, and it's available for weddings and, and other events. Uh, you can grab a tour and eat at the Canyon Grill Restaurant. They have smoked trout and other other wonderful things uh, and a nice selection of adult beverages. So, again, another great experience and a little bit uh, more uh, upscale uh, wilderness experience, if you will. And just before we tear ourselves away, uh, finally, from, from Branson, tell us about the Ferris wheel. Yes, you know, actually, the, the family tracks in Branson has brought in the new Branson Ferris wheel, which isn't exactly new because it was the Chicago's Navy Pier Ferris wheel. Uh, and they purchased it and reassembled it and brought it down to Branson. It's 47 meters tall. Uh, 40 gondolas hold 240 riders that never quite stop. And it lights up the night with remarkable music and a light spectacular. And there's 16,000 LED lights on it. It's a great way to get up and look down on Branson. And it's new and it's absolutely electrified the uh, strip. Just 45 minutes from Branson is Springfield, of course, on historic Route 66. Yes, it's our neighbor down there, and, and Route 66 was actually the name of the birthplace of Route 66 because the name was announced in that city in, in the mid-1920s. And it's, uh, there's more than – one of the things in Springfield is the uh, Route 66 Car Museum, uh, which is, uh, has over 70 vehicles on display and plenty of Route 66 memorabilia to talk about that kind of uh, golden time of motoring and getting the mother road that goes across the U.S. of A. Uh, and it really is a lot of fun. And by the way, if you're in Springfield, they have, they have a great downtown, a great thriving restaurant scene down there, too. Wow. Now, there's a brand new thing that's opening up in Springfield, which we've got to talk about. And uh, oh my gosh. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a fishy tale, isn't it? It is, a, <laughs> it is a fishy tale. And I must say that, and for those of you who may or may not know, our, our, uh, our Springfield native, Johnny Morris, he, he's Bass Pro. He's Big Cedar Lodge. He's Top of the Rock. He's all the new golf courses. But his real love is outdoors and conservation. And he's opening in September, I think towards the end of September this year, is, will be one of the world's largest fish and uh, aquarium experience, truly. Uh, I've been, I've been uh, pleased and privileged to have a little bit of a preview down there. But it features a one and a half million, it's hard to imagine, gallon aquarium experience, fresh and uh, saltwater, 35,000 live fish, mammals, reptiles, and birds, wow. representing about 700 species. There's more than a mile inside of immersive trails and exhibits over about 30,000 square meters. 
There's more than 6,500 square meters of wildlife galleries and dioramas, and some of the other collections from the from the Davy Boone, the uh, Daniel Boone and Davy Crockett collection of what they call heads and horns. The International Game Fish Association Hall of Fame, National Bass Fishing Hall of Fame, National Sporting Arms Museum, the National Archery Hall of Fame. If you're interested in the outdoor, both uh, observing wildlife and seeing it, uh, but also being part of the hunting and fishing and and traveling along those lines, this is going to be really the mecca for the whole world. It's absolutely remarkable and um, really beautifully done. And it's been a long time coming. We're so excited to announce the opening in September this year. Wonderful. And the museum uh, celebrates conservation and the role in this played by both hunters and fishermen, doesn't it? It does, and it's actually the the opening is coinciding with the 80th anniversary of uh, former, you know, President Theodore Roosevelt, who established the first legislation that um, had a tax on firearms and ammunition to fund conservation. So they've chosen that uh, date and partnerships with 34 of the world's foremost conservation organizations. It's really about maintaining the beauty of not only the Ozarks, but, uh, but woods all across the world. We're going to take a, a quick break, and when we return, we're going to be finding out more about the attractions of two cities, St. Louis and Kansas City. Um, but let me also mm-hmm. let you know about the website, which uh, is the perfect place to plan all of this. Visit mo.com, and you can also go to the Travel Show website, of course, to get pages and pages of notes all about uh, everything that we've been talking about on the show. This mm-hmm. is Chris Robinson, and you're listening to the Chris Robinson Travel Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Chris Robinson Travel Show. Heard Saturday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Chris Robinson Travel Show is brought to you by the State of Missouri. Living the dream. Vacation. This is the Chris Robinson Travel Show on Zoomer Radio. Hi, welcome back to the Chris Robinson Travel Show. And today we're touring around the beautiful U.S. state of Missouri. You can make it a road trip and drive. Or there's a choice of three airports. Kansas City International, Lambert St. Louis International Airport and also Springfield Branson National Airport. So it's very easy to get there and once you arrive, there's so much to do. We've already talked a lot about the outdoors, but there's also lots to do when you arrive in the exciting cities such as St. Louis and Kansas City. And helping us learn more about all of this as we travel around Missouri today is Dan Lennon, Director of Tourism for the state of Missouri. Now, we've been talking a lot during the show about the music tradition in Branson, but that's only a part of Missouri's deep music roots, isn't it, Dan? You're right, Chris. It's a very, very important part of our history, and of course, not just in Branson. In fact, uh, ragtime music uh, got its very early boost in Sedalia, Missouri. Scott Joplin, really the kind of the father of ragtime uh, did so in Sedalia, Missouri, which is in central part. Uh, also a very important center for jazz and blues uh, and in the evolution of country music, as well as gospel. So it's a very, very musical heritage that we have. And to underline this, this musical heritage, the National Blues Museum, of course, is in St. Louis. Yes, and that just opened last year. It's a very, uh, obviously blues is a very important historical genre in American music, and St. Louis has helped found and bring it to prominence. Uh, so this museum has is very, very great uh, exhibits about the history of blues and particularly development in St. Louis. Uh, but it has hands-on exhibits for all kinds of people, that, and one that allows you to actually create your own unique uh, blues song. So it's really a lot of fun. Oh, I like that. Now, this is, of course, this city is the perfect location for a museum like this, isn't it? 
Yeah, right there along the Mississippi. Uh, the Southern blues came up and merged with St. Louis traditions of ragtime and jazz and gospel. And kind of a new version of blues was formed that people know as the St. Louis blues. Mm-hmm. So St. Louis has served as the home of p- such musicians as W.C. Handy and Henry Townsend and Chuck Berry, who just passed away, our, our wonderful mm-hmm. superstar in rock yeah. and roll and blues. Miles Davis, Ike and Tina Turner, mm-hmm. Albert King and Little Milton. So many stars. Uh, St. Louis has just been a hotbed of blues and rock and roll. So when a visitor goes to the museum, what, what kind of experience are they going to, to have? Mm-hmm. So first it'll take you on, it's a national museum, so it's not just about right. Missouri or St. Louis. So you'll be taken on kind of a chronological journey of the development of the blues from its start down in the American South and then during the late 1800s, and then it rose to prominence as an essential music and cultural component of 21st century America and how it really came, a lot of it came to uh, fruition in St. Louis. Wow. Now, my wow moment when I first visited St. Louis was, of course, the iconic Gateway Arch. And oh there's yeah. a lot going on with the the arch isn't there right now there has and it's you know it was it came up in the in the uh, in the 60s it's the tallest uh, national monument in the United States of America and it's beautiful it's absolutely mm. remarkable in fact if you you look at it almost like it's so remarkable and huge when you're standing next to it it almost looks like it's computer generated you can't yes. even believe such a thing exists but they're all they're in the midst of a 380 million dollar public private transformation of the park and the last major pieces and museum parts are being done now and it will open in the summer of 2018 and it really connects the river and the arch to downtown St. Louis. Absolutely going to be beautiful. Uh, so the uh, the visitor center, which was was a beautiful one, but a little bit older, will be expanded by 46,000 square feet. And there'll be all kinds of new ex- exhibits that tell the story. Of, and then the, the symbol, symbol of the Gateway Arch is America's westward expansion and the important role that St. Louis played kind of as people moved west. So the experience, we'll talk about Thomas Jefferson's vision, the riverfront era, the new frontiers, Manifest Destiny, Colonial St. Louis, and how the arch was built. So really a lot of fun. Wow. Okay, I've got to go back there, <laughs> clearly. Yeah. yeah, it's brand new. <laughs> now, back back to music again, because uh, it's another Missouri city, the um, I think Kansas City, where the American Jazz Museum is. Yes, and that's on the other side of the state. There's about four hours of driving in between the two. Okay. Kansas City is mostly in Missouri. There is a Kansas City, Kansas, but people always ask that question. Yes, yes. And people uh, often talk about jazz, that it was born in New Orleans. That's that's likely true, but I but we all know and think that it grew up in Kansas City. And mm-hmm. some of the artists like Bird Parker and Duke Ellington and Count Basie, it really came to fruition in the 20s and 30s and 40s uh, in Kansas City. And once again, this really is a, an interactive kind of museum, isn't it? Well, it is. Now, there is, of course, the American Jazz Museum, which is a, interactive in the same way as the, as the Blues Museum of touchscreen adventures and custom mixing soundboards. Again, you can you can write your own uh, your own jazz songs. Uh, you can, if you look, you'll see Charlie Parker's saxophone, and in fact, it was a gift to the museum from uh, former President Bill Clinton. Uh, so there are jazz clubs all around. Uh, um, Kansas City. You can go into the district and there's the Jammin' at the Gem Series. Inside the museum's jazz club, the Blue Room, uh, it's up open till late. Night owls can come and see the Mutual Musicians Foundation where the late night sounds the bebop until 5 in the morning. I would also add that in that very same building is the Negro League's Baseball Museum, mm-hmm. uh, which talks about a certain period during uh, the development of baseball when it was segregated and some of the remarkable and unique cultural and historical things that Associated with the development of baseball. And of course, there are so many things to do in Kansas City. And a, a, a certain um, gentleman actually whispered in my ear that above all else, this is the place in the whole of the states to go for 
the best barbecue meal? <laughs> we would certainly say that, and there's all different kinds of barbecue. I think it was you that said that. <laughs> <laughs> so it, the, the legend about the Kansas City barbecue, and of course it's all around the country, but uh, we're proud yeah. of our development here. In the early 1900s, there was an old trolley barn at 19th and Highland, and there was a gentleman by the name of Henry Perry, mm -hmm. and he created not only this incredible meat, but he created an aroma that got so many daily crowds to the back of the barn, and he slow-smoked his ribs, and he sold them wrapped in newspaper for 25 cents a slab. It's not quite that inexpensive these days, but there are over a hundred barbecue joints uh, that are smoking in Kansas City with all different melding of flavors and styles from across the country. So if you enjoy barbecue, this is a remarkable place to come. Now, in these days of, of the 75 cent uh, US dollar, um, it's it's can be a little expensive for Canadians to come south of the border, but not so in, in Missouri so much. It's still great value for Canadian visitors. It is great value as, as a cost of living, if you will, goes in the U.S. Um, Missouri is one of the most moderate. Uh, lots, a lot of choices of restaurants, attractions, accommodations at all different price levels. And one thing I would add is that, Saint, to remember, is that St. Louis has more free world-class attra attractions outside mm -hmm. of Washington, D.C. than anywhere else in America. So there's a lot to experience here that doesn't cost a lot, and there's a full choice for people of all different budgets. Right. Well, there's just time in this show to ask for you uh, for a couple of insider's tips, maybe, to sure. anyone who's currently thinking of coming down to uh, the Show Me State. Two things I would add in my last little minute here left is one is the Katy Trail, which runs for over 400 kilometers, basically almost from St. Louis to Kansas City. It's a beautiful hiking and bicycling trail that goes through farm country, goes through mountain, has all kinds of environments with wine and food along the way. That's a remarkable experience like that. Another quick thing is that we haven't talked about the small towns mm. uh, in Missouri that reflect our colonial heritage. There's Herman, which is almost like a German village in central Missouri. Missouri, St. Genevieve, a little further south, that reflects our French colonial heritage, all of them surrounded by culture, food, wine of those, uh, of those cultures. So there's so much to see and do in Missouri, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. And a great state to take, of course, a great American road trip, too, as you say, for mm -hmm. those small towns and, and the great scenery, too, that the stretches And Route 66 them. that comes, goes from St. Louis all the way across to, yes. to Joplin. One of these days, I am going to drive Route 66. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll come I'll, down I'll and see you. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Dan. Thank you so much for sharing your love of music and Missouri with us today. We've really appreciated, again, you spending your time with us again. Thank you, Chris. Always enjoy it. And uh, thanks, too, of course, to, to Steve Presley for sharing his family stories of Branson. To find out more about Missouri, the website you need to remember is visitmo.com. It's all there. And, of course, as always, if you can't remember that, Find the links to uh, that and so much more uh, information on Missouri at the chrisrobinsontravelshow.com website. And be sure to click on Chris's Travel Notes tab to find all the very detailed information about visiting the state. The Travel Show will be back, as always, next Saturday with another travel experience. And in the meantime, bon voyage and cheerio from the Chris Robinson Travel Show. Hi, Chris Robinson here again with news and views from the world of travel. I've just experienced the newest direct air service across to Europe from Toronto. TAP Portugal is now flying five days per week between Toronto Pearson and Lisbon. TAP currently flies around 12 million passengers a year and has been named best airline in Europe for six consecutive years by Global Traveller magazine.
The carrier's A330 aircraft features full flat beds in business class, new comfortable seats in economy, and some of the world's most advanced in-flight entertainment systems. This autumn, the airline will introduce a range of Portuguese wines on board that will give Portuguese winemakers the opportunity to showcase their wines. And a team of seven Michelin-starred Portuguese chefs are adding new Portuguese flavours to the meals served on board. Lisbon is the closest continental European capital to North America, making it a natural gateway geographically for a stopover on the way to Europe or Africa. TAP's stopover programme features more than 50 European destinations and offers 150 exclusive prices for stopover travellers for hotels and experiences in Lisbon. My flight experiences with TAP this month included two transatlantic flights and flights to Madeira, and each one was superb, and I highly recommend this latest option for European travel. Well, less positively on the flying front, both Air Canada and WestJet have issued new airport security notices this week advising passengers flying to and from US gateways to get to the airport a minimum of two hours prior to departure in anticipation of long lineups and delays with new US security measures which came to effect on Wednesday. The security measures will include heightened inspection of personal electronic devices, including tablets and laptops, and increased security protocols at Toronto Pearson Airport itself. This will affect the time that it takes to get through security and board your flight, both WestJet and Air Canada warn. So passengers should arrive at the airport for that minimum of two hours prior to the scheduled departure to allow for this additional screening time. The deal of the week is with Colette, who offer land tours, river cruises, rail journeys and small group tours worldwide. They're offering savings of up to $300 per person on all of its small group exploration tours booked before August the 8th. These exploration tours have an average of 18 travellers on tour, which allows for meeting local residents and experiencing home-hosted meals and hands-on cultural activities. Some of the tours featured in the deal include Icelandic Adventure, Dubai, Oman and Abu Dhabi, Winter in Yellowstone, Northern Spain and Portugal, Colours of Morocco, Costa Rica and Exploring South Africa. For more information, search out gocolette.com. Travel with me to Portugal next week on The Travel Show. I'll be on location in Portugal's capital of Lisbon and travelling on to the idyllic Atlantic island of Madeira. Hear firsthand as I explore the history and culture of one of Europe's great cities and then explore the subtropical Eden that is Madeira. The show will feature an interview with a captain on a plane at 35,000 feet above the Atlantic Ocean and hopefully a soundbite as I hurtle down a mountainside in Funchal, Madeira in a wicker sled. So do drop in at the chrisrobinsontravelshow.com website for the details of this show. And while you're there, check out the travel tips section, which has tons of useful information to help you plan your next trip. You'll find the link on the homepage. And don't forget to tune in next Saturday or Sunday at 11am here on Zuma Radio to join me in Portugal here on the Chris Robinson Travel Show.